This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm going to talk to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily, the former Ute. He joins us weekly here on The Big Show. We'll ask him about uh, Utah's recruiting class. We'll ask him about uh, the big showdown with Washington State this weekend and uh, his thoughts on uh, whether or not uh, the Utes should or will go bowling if they indeed win. Which, of course, Witt told us earlier in the week that he was going to leave up uh, entirely to the players. Gordon, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I love pregnant pauses like that. Oh, that was intentional? I don't. You're just letting me uh, <laughs> drown in it there? I try no. trying to include you in the show, and you just kind of let me there? How excited would you be to play a bowl game? after? I know you've been pretty uh, consistent in your eagerness to play, Jake. Uh, do you think the players feel the same way? Um, I don't know. I, I would think so, considering they've only played four football games. Yeah. That's the one way of looking at it. You could look at it like, man, give me give me a more more chance to play. I mean, I'm a football player. Let me play. The other might be, and some individuals may feel that way. Like, uh, okay, what are we playing this for? What what um, what's the end result? What's the reward? You know, because there's nothing really to gain from it. But how is that different than any other bowl year? Yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, you know, maybe they're tired of it and they want to go back to the frat parties. Uh, you know, maybe there's that. I don't know, but um, I would guess that they would want to play another game, want another bite of the apple, since uh, they've had so few opportunity this year. And I wonder also, though, uh, what it means for players who know that they can come back and play again if they want, regardless of whether they're, so you know, uh, freshmen or seniors, that uh, they do get other bites of that apple. I tell you, if I'm a young player, I really want to play just because I want. It's just another opportunity to earn a spot, and mm-hmm. uh, and spring ball. I don't know if they're going to do it or not. So I, I, if I were, you know, a freshman or sophomore who's getting a, a couple of reps and want to really, you know, work my way up the the roster, I'd certainly want another game, and I'd want those seniors to uh, pass on the bowl game. Say, no, nah, no thanks. So I'd get a bigger <laughs> a bigger opportunity to supplant said senior. Yeah, yeah. There's that. And of course, coaches love it because then they get, yeah, like they like everyone always says, they get the opportunity to work with the young men for a while yet. That might be a little bit less of a factor, though, uh, this year, Gordon, just because, I mean, they've been practicing with these guys since August. I mean, usually it's a, <laughs> it's a chance to practice throughout December, right? But, you know, they've already been doing that. <laughs> you know, that's something I hadn't really thought about that much, Jake. But, uh, you know, no, these guys, we talked about the missed spring practices and whatnot, but these guys have been working with these guys for a long yeah. time. And I wonder if they're tired of being coached. Well, they had that brief, uh, what uh, Coach Witt told us, he sent his guys home after uh, Larry waved the, the white, fl- uh, white flag on the season, but then brought them back, right? So there was a, uh-huh. a few weeks there where they thought they weren't going to play. So they got a little break there. But other than that, yeah, they've been practicing since August. So, 
um, you know, having the extra work is not necessarily as important this year as it has been in previous years because yeah. they've already been doing it. But, you know, game experience is something that you can't replace, though, as we've heard coaches say over and over again. And for so many of these players, they they don't have a future in the NFL, although I bet you if you add, took a survey of the players, I bet 75% would say, yeah, yeah, I got a shot. I can make it. Well, even if it's unrealistic, you want as many opportunities as you can to to prove it, right? Right, and then if you and if you're not going to move on, then uh, then you're playing college football, right? You know exactly, yeah. Which is your point to begin with. So, so I I don't I don't know. Uh, I would guess though, if if Wit is true to his word and lets the players vote on whether or not they want to do it, I bet they do. Now the administrators, uh, I bet you they don't, but I, I bet you that the players do. They don't want to spend more money that they're not going to recoup. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to cost them money to play in bowls. It usually does anyway, but it, it's going to be more expensive this year. I wonder what the I wonder where that line is drawn between when you make a, a decent amount of money and when you don't. I wonder what level of bowl you need to play at. Probably the highest. Really? So you think only like the New Year's Six and above? Uh, money that would make a difference. Yeah, probably. I wonder where the line is between, uh, you know, the red and the black. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, former Ute linebacker, played for the Patriots as well, our good friend Christian Cox. What's up, Christian? Happy signing day. What's going on, Jake? Happy signing day to you, too. <laughs> well, as a player with your background, Christian, and I love your background, uh, working your way onto the roster, going from walk-on to scholarship to all-conference to the NFL, what what is what emotions does signing day conjure up in you? You know, I, again, I, I'm sure your listeners hate when I talk, but uh, I was like a zero-star recruit, recruited by Gary Anderson and Aaron Roderick and Kalani Satake. So, you know, 2003 was a, a different time. Uh, at Bountiful, we were back-to-back state champions. Uh, I got recruited by BYU lightly, Utah State lightly, but Southern Utah offered me a scholarship, so didn't have a lot of options and signed in a class with guys like Braden Godfrey, a kid named Fessy Sataki, a kid named Mike Wright, and we all went to Southern Utah University. So um, I have, you know, my opinions, hopefully they're not too strong, but I have a hard time with, star recruits and I saw lots of high star recruits come into Utah even when we were in the Mountain West that just came and gone but it is important Uh, there is a difference in speed when you're getting four and five star guys Uh, but I do know there is something to be said that half of the pro bowlers in the NFL are undrafted free agents and a lot of guys who climb the ranks in the NCAA are three-star recruits, two-star recruits. Stevenson Sylvester, a skinny kid out of Las Vegas, two-star guy, uh, you know, ends up getting drafted by the Steelers. So, again, it's it's hard. It's hard to, to look at those, but you still want to look at where you stack nationally, and uh, it has it has an impact. But my, my opinion is slightly different because I saw lots of highly, you know, rated kids come in and then leave because they couldn't hack it. So let me let me back up and I'd never heard that before, uh, Christian. Half the pro bowlers were undrafted free agents. Yeah, that was a stat that they gave at our symposium when, when I started. Wow. Like if, you, if you look at if you even look at okay, so a guy like Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman played at Kent State, but he played quarterback. 
when he went to New England, he played cornerback and backed up a guy named Wes Welker. Didn't see the field. Again, seventh round undrafted, late rounder. Uh, but he had to make it, you know. Tom Brady was sixth round. That's that's you know very well documented. But it's weird at the next level. Again, there's your Michael Jordans that are always the top, you know, echelon, right? But there's lots of those lower tier guys that are you know really good. You just got to take advantage of your opportunities. And so, um, but you know, there's lots of those in the league. Let me ask you this, Christian. Uh, when you were a veteran at Utah and those uh, those high, you know, four star, five star, nine star, twelve star, whatever guys came in, did you enjoy knocking them down a peg? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like I, it's weird when you put a hundred and ten young guys together and you're competing every day, and you're competing in your workouts, you're competing during your conditioning. And it really is, you know, leadership, the cream rises at the top, and you can see who the real guys are. And what's neat about Utah, and I think BYU is slightly doing this right uh, as well, but you put them all together, and independent of your scholarship kid or not, the kids who compete and who win and win and win every workout, every conditioning drill over a long period of time, you, you earn each other's respect through that and uh utah is king of you know uh i said this before you know when we won the sugar bowl in 2008 uh there was six starters on that team that were walk-ons at one point in time greg newman was one of them he's starting d tackle who was only 270 playing against alabama uh Derek shelby was 240 but he was a recruited kid out of houston uh, Mike Wright was a, a walk-on in scholarship. Uh, R.J. Rice was a walk-on in scholarship. Braden Godfrey was a walk-on in scholarship. And so there's just uh, – Kepa Geisen was a walk-on in scholarship guy too, uh, stud linebacker. So, again, they're, those guys, those character, tough the, – I'd say that's that's the internal fabric of Utah – and then you get these ridiculously amazing athletes that you layer on top of those, you know, like over the years at Utah. Like, think about it. Like the, the Mike Andersons, the Chris Matumafalas, the Steve Smiths, the Kevin Dysons, right, that you weave in. And that's why Utah is such a diverse school, right, not only in, uh, you know, the players and where they come from and backgrounds, but the work ethic. And then they mirror Kalani and Sharif. And, you know, and uh, uh, Kyle and, you know, um, and Morgan Scally and, and even Gary Anderson when he was there and Coach Pease when he was there. And there's that tradition and the, the, the walk-on or that middle-tier kid who wants to play in front of Utah and win games and is willing to sacrifice and do everything for it. That's why Utah is so tough. And as I've left, I've seen better talent and better depth, just refill. And uh, that's because of these early signing days, these early signing periods. And, um, you know, Utah's getting good kids. I'd say the only knock, and i, I got to call Kyle tonight, how the heck did we miss on Jackson Dart? <laughs> Is there you know? a, Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Christian, you know, as you set that table up, I'm thinking when guys come in, do they know how many stars they had? Do they know uh, what their reputation is? Do they, you know, uh, use that as a hammer to to, to uh, embolden themselves? 
Well, that's the funny part is like, you know, we can talk about what we see on Saturdays and, you know, the, the, the you on the side of the helmet and the prestige and the tradition. You put everyone together. No one cares where you came from in terms of star recruit. We, we, you're all looking at them like, can you play? Can you contribute? Can you make an impact? And what's neat is you see that in every film session and every workout. How tough are really people? And those top leaders set the table at the top, and then these new guys kind of acclimate. And I'll just, again, I'll speak to Uncle Rico over here again. I remember walking in, and there was a couple guys that just jumped off the page right when they got into the program. Uh, I remember in 2007, uh, it was a tougher year. But I remember that fall camp, and there was two guys that just came in. Like Robert Johnson came in JUCO, two-star recruit, and was playing both ways and was a starting safety without even doing a spring. But you saw what he was doing in camp. He was just he was so lanky and long and intercepting the ball. Another guy, here's a name for you. You remember a guy named Jeremy Brooks, yeah. a little you know, a little slot guy. He was one of the only freshmen to, to start and play immediately. And he was so good and so fast and so nimble in those underneath routes. It was perfect for Brian Johnson because on the outside of him you had Freddie Brown, you had another guy named Braden Godfrey, and then you had another guy who was a transfer just like you know, uh, Robert Johnson, uh, David Reed, low, you know, star recruit Juco, but could just make plays. And that was in 07. So that team, you know, had some tough losses, went on a big winning streak, but all that team stuck together and went to the next round in, in 2008. And then we had a guy named Matt Asiata who came off of a broken leg and a guy named Eddie White who came straight from Las Vegas. And you look at him and you're like, you're a running back? You know, you're a soccer player, right? But he was so <laughs> nimble and fast. And then the team, the team, I'd say in 08, 09, even 2010, it just kept going. But the work ethic, we were, we were ran, the coaches were heavily, heavily involved. But the leadership was so strong. Like, we were ran by the guys, you know. And that's, that's the sign of a really, really, really good team. And you could go look at all the other college teams, the Tim Tebow teams, right? But uh, that's where Utah was, and that was, I'd say, last year with you know Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, those kind of guys. Um, that's what. Okay, you want to talk about what separates the program and why guys are going to league? That is why, because Kyle has built this machine that the players come in and adapt to the process, and those who can't adapt to the process. You you can't you quit you you get out and that's why you know when I got to New England a long time ago I I remember getting to fall uh, to fall camp after lockout and I was thinking to myself I was like this is the NFL I'm here but these practices are easier <laughs> we don't have two days right we're not, we don't have bloody Tuesday where it's just so physical and uh, I think you know, what Kyle's done and even all my old teammates, right, we just made each other better because we were iron on iron. We were so hard on each other. And that's and that's the hierarchy that you want to climb within because at the end of the hierarchy, there's an opportunity to play in front of 50,000 or 45,000 crazy, dedicated Utah fans and a chance to achieve something great. And, again, as a kid, I take for granted probably every day it's like, when we won the Sugar Bowl, it wasn't like we didn't realize what we did. You know, it was just like, oh, that was fun. We did what the Fiesta Bowl <laughs> team did, you know. So um, that's where I think 
Kyle's consistency, uh, Morgan's consistency, Sharif, Lewis, all those guys, I'm so happy to see that they've turned the season around. And players want to play for coaches that are going to get into the league, and that's really what Utah's doing. What did you think about Utah's performance against Colorado, Christian? Uh, were you guys shocked? Like, I was I was blown away, honestly. I, I watched that first half, and I screamed at my TV again. I'm like, come on, Mr. Bentley. We talked about making throws and not missing, and I, I saw him miss Keefe again late. And then, uh, you know, it could have been up 14-0 to early. And I just, again, you want to talk about toughness. They just hunkered down when you had every reason to quit, I guess. It's cold. You're on the road. You're playing for a, a useless season. And uh, to a fan's perspective, but to those kids, it mattered. They want to go play in a bowl game. And, um, you know, getting that fumble right before half and then being down 21-10 after Jerry Rice kid took it to the house, and they just methodically just took over. And, you know, really neat for Britton Covey, right? It's the first time we've really seen him in two years, and what a guy. He's only yeah, 23, but... I love kids like him, right? He's five foot seven. He has nothing, right? Every reason why he's had everyone cheer against him his whole life, and he can't do this. And he's a, he's a spark plug. And I said this to some other people. I'll say it here live on radio, but people like him elevate everyone else across the team. The energy that he brings. Uh, Morgan Scally brought that same energy to the two thousand you know four Fiesta Bowl champions. Right? You need guys who make plays when it's their their time to make them, but they bring and elevate with energy and make everyone else better. And, you know, I thought Bentley did better. And that Jordan kid, again, you talk, talk about the script of the short year. Who, who, <laughs> no one knew about him, right? Coaches did. But he's special, and it's um, looking good for the running back position and tradition at Utah. Christian, we always appreciate it when you have a chance to stop by the show. Thank you very much. Hey, good to talk to you. See you, Jake. Bye, Gordon. See See you, Christian. uh, That's our friend Christian Cox, former linebacker at Utah. Isn't it interesting listening to him talk about those things? I I think that's really cool. You have a uh, he used the word diverse program. Guys coming in, different evaluations, different places, different backgrounds, different races, different cultures, and they come in. And man, it is on. You are you are expected to work your tail off to earn your position. And I like that. I like that kind of opportunity, even for, or maybe even especially for the guys who weren't necessarily as highly thought of. Well, he's randomly the the perfect guest. I mean, yeah. we have him on weekly, but uh, on on signing day because you know he's right. We get all caught up in the stars and and uh, how many stars does the guy have and where where does the recruiting cl- class rank and all this. And the truth is, there's a lot of players that turn out to be really really good that fly completely under the radar. Christian Cox played in the NFL for a yeah. while. I mean, not and, not and just no, made a camp, but made the roster. I mean, he and was nobody want nobody wanted him out of high school right. except for Southern Utah. He was really, really good. He was all conference, and and you heard those players that he he went to Southern Utah with. He he rattled them off. Kepa Geisen, uh, who else? Uh, who was the receiver that he mentioned? Uh, Braden Godfrey. These are all 
uh, ended up being really great players. And so, you know, we I get it. We get focused on the recruiting class, and today's kind of one of those unique days. But the truth is you still got to uh, find the right guys and get them better, even, uh, you know, if they have zero stars like Christian said. Yeah, those stories are, are like you were talking about, underscore, man, twice, three times. They're such cool stories to see somebody fight through it all, even though they, maybe they were a late bloomer. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they got strong late. Maybe they got fast late. But be, out of their work, hard work, they put themselves in a position to, to do something. I know we used to sort of tease Bronco Mendenhall because he seemed like he loved those walk-ons. But when you really think about it, there's a good reason why. He found some really good players. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you know, speaking of BYU, and this is true at Utah as well, but think of Dax Milne. Kid's a walk-on. Now he's a star. Yeah, it's it, it's remarkable and a testament to message to the, the young people out there, you know, keep your head down and and uh, keep working and uh, don't uh, don't get discouraged if uh, you're not all of a sudden a, a four star player. You know, figure I out know. a way to get to your experience. You know, Will Snowden, uh, our BYU insider here, also works uh, for Alpha Recruits and. He says, you know, he says it all the time. You can find a place to get an experience, and you can find a place to get yourself better and uh, and pay for your education. And people take different roads. Interesting. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing. Christian went from zero star, not recruited, to playing for the New England Patriots, <laughs> and, and would have had a really long career if there weren't some uh, for some injury stuff. I mean, like I said, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Christian, uh, you know, made the camp or whatever. I mean, he made that roster. For several yeah. years, so and Jake, you remember him? You remember watching him play? He was good. Oh, he's great. Yeah, there's no doubt. He, no doubt, he was a big time player on on some really really good teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're lucky enough to have him on the show once a week, which is nice. We ought to have him play his clarinet next week. We should. We should. Uh, Christian, today, his interview brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.